0: and wait and wait without further ado i'd like to introduce michael bradley
1: i can tell you all that i have never been more excited more determined and more motivated for any challenge in my entire career
2: you know for me at this point in my career i'm excited to be back and looking forward
3: to you know taking a big role in toronto He's the one that gives the most on the field the most competitive and who's the best example for a locker room
4: Okie what did you want to be when you were growing up?
1: Uh, m- might be the obvious answer, but a soccer player. Soccer player. I got that. Very effective game
3: tonight from Michael Bradley. Sometimes it goes unnoticed, the work that he puts in.
1: I've had some of the biggest moments of my career, the biggest moments of my career at BMO Field. Our fans, my family, it, it's special. I've never been more proud of anything in my career.
5: Hello and welcome to a very special episode of Toronto Till I Die, the Toronto FC Fan Show. I'm Mike Newell and tonight we're going to be taking some time to celebrate the career of, unarguably I think, the most important player in toronto fc history and that of course is michael bradley he'll be playing his final professional game this saturday at bmo field there is a lot to dig into in terms of memories and just our thoughts on the captain uh, with michael singh jeffrey Pinesker, and of course uh joining us is the editor-in-chief of tfc republic john Molinero. we'll have some other guests joining uh, as well and we'll let you know as they jump in but before we get started uh big applause for that opening jeffrey Pinesker. wow wow that what an opening like i saw it earlier and i like teared up when you showed it to me the first time before we came on air and i'm glad you did that because i was like i wouldn't want to well up while having you do that intro
3: yeah i made sure to send it to just about everybody as a prerequisite um i could lie and say that that was fun to cut it sure as hell wasn't um mm-hmm. You know, I I uh, I came pretty close to a to a thank you mb4 graphic, but I had to stop because I couldn't see what I was doing through the through the cut and onions. So uh, that that has to be good enough. Um, yeah, yeah, it was my pleasure to do it. Uh, it's the least I can do for for the greatest player to wear the badge. Let's be honest.
5: Yeah, for sure. And and you know, Mike John, you you both have, you know been around michael bradley for years now you know from john from literally the day he arrived i was in the same room you were in um at real sports on the on the day he was announced uh or brought into the club itself and it kind of almost came as a bit of a surprise i think a lot of us knew jermaine defoe was coming but then there was this double hit of michael bradley coming in um You've spoken extensively about your run-ins with Michael and over the years and and things like that, especially sort of the the instances around um, your mom and and things like that. But take us back to that day, if you you don't mind, you know, a cold day in January uh, when essentially the fortunes of this franchise kind of turned around, Um, not immediately, but started to turn around on that day.
0: Yeah, it was it was a pretty interesting and significant day because obviously all the attention at the time was on Jermaine Defoe because as you'll recall, the club had spent the previous couple of weeks really hyping his his sort of arrival with the big bloody bloody big deal TV ads and there was print ads and the social media campaign and When he got to real sports, there was a double-decker bus with um, bloody big deal emblazoned on the right side. So they they were not subtle about this, about sort of pushing Defoe as kind of like the marquee guy coming. Um, You know, word had sort of – it would have been reported, uh, you know, the day before that, you know, that Bradley was going to sign. So it didn't come as a total shock. But, you know, when you look back at it now, it's interesting to note that while Defoe was kind of the one that was hyped to the hilt – he didn't end up staying at TFC, you know, not even barely a year. And it was Michael Briley who became, you know, the focal point of the of the club. And, you know, that day was just remarkable. I mean, TSN and Sportsnet, I mean, they cut away from live programming and they carried it live, like the entire process on, on their networks. I mean, I'm not sure that would have happened, uh, you know, such a thing could happen right now. The place was packed, you know, media was swarming and there was – well, Michael, I mean, you you can remember as, as a fan in the in the crowd, there was genuine hope and optimism for the first time, yes. in a very long time. Yeah, a franchise who had really stumbled and bumbled its way through its first seven seasons in the league. I mean, they had never made the playoffs. Uh, one can recall the 2012 campaign when they lost nine in a row, and so having these two guys walk out on the stage, particularly Bradley, who 26 at the time. Uh, very much in the prime of his career, coming from a top club in Serie A, he was seen as, you know, the messiah, as, you know, this, this was the guy that was going to lead the club to a promised land. And as you said, it didn't happen immediately. The 2014, there were some growing pains, but they eventually got there. But I don't think there's any question that that sort of day was the turning point uh, for the franchise in a lot of ways. And it wasn't because of Tremaine Defoe, which which a lot of people thought it would be, it because of it was because of the other guy, Michael Bradley.
5: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. And and Mike, obviously, you know, you've also spent a lot of time with Michael Bradley in and around the training ground, talking to him, different interviews. Sort of what are the things that are going through your mind now as he's about to, you know, step on the pitch for the final time? You know, what are the sort of the things that come to you in terms of memories or, you know, interesting things that have sort of come uh, on your path in in terms of how you've crossed uh, the captain?
4: Yeah, it's a, it's honestly something I'm still gathering my thoughts around. I mean, Michael Bradley means an incredible amount to not just Toronto FC. Obviously, I, th- I, th- I think it's not a hot take to say that he was the most and he still is the most important figure in Toronto FC history. Um, but also Toronto sports. I mean, look, 2014, when he arrived in Toronto at 26 years old or 25 years old, he. it was rare to see that, first of all, for around MLS, a figure like Michael Bradley come to the league at that age. It was even rarer to see someone like that come to Toronto and Toronto FC. And the way that he embraced the city, embraced the club, um, embrace the fan base. There, I'll say I, I really don't believe that there will ever be another Michael Bradley because there might might not be an, an opportunity for there to be another Michael Bradley mm-hmm. because of what he um he's already established here and what he helped build here at Toronto FC. There's going to be another player, I'm sure, that comes along and and you know rescues Toronto FC, but Toronto FC back in, as, as John illustrated, back in 2014. I mean, there was nothing before that. There was nothing of substance before that. And Michael Bradley kind of helped build that substance. So for me, that's kind of the way I'll remember Michael Bradley. And, you know, I, I think I saw John share a story earlier on, on Twitter about, you know, Michael Bradley's responses to maybe something he didn't like. And I remember it was during the pandemic over Zoom, and this was, this was after Chris Armis got, got fired. This was the press conference. Chris Armis got fired, and they brought Michael Bradley out as one of the people to speak to media, which is, you know, something he did over and over again, I think, throughout his career. something John could probably better speak to. But Michael Bradley was always there to sort of embrace the media. So I remember one of the things that Michael said was that, you know, Chris Armis never really had a chance. And as Michael does, and as Michael has done throughout his career, he kind of owned the responsibility and, and said this one was on the players. So mm-hmm. I remember, you know, it was it was a serious question because I think the narrative around that time was that Chris Armas <clears throat> was not up to par and maybe the wrong choice for head coach of Toronto FC, especially given the, the players that they had and the roster that was already there um in place so i remember just kind of asking him like okay michael you're saying that you know chris armist never really had a chance is there a coach out there that would have a chance or would have had a chance and you know i think it's i think it was a fair question given the narrative that was going around and how you know michael was was defending chris um And you could tell he kind of smirked, but that was kind of who Michael was. And like, you could tell he was, you know, that's not really a question he might have appreciated at that time. But in as professional as he possibly could, he started his answer by complimenting me, complimenting my work, complimenting, he's like, I love the way your wheels are turning right now but that's one hell of a hypothetical question. And there's no way that I can answer that. Um, and that's kind of just that that little anecdote, that kind of embodies just the way that Michael treated the media. Fair, respectful, and quite frankly, blunt. So that's kind of how I'll remember uh, Michael Bradley. For sure. And, and JPN, look, I,
5: I think you and I um, have been obviously fans of this club for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we've been there for a long time. We've been in the stands and watched him perform sometimes miracles in, 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 in so many different ways. Um, but what yep. are the sort of the things that you're going to maybe pull away or what are your sort of initial thoughts on, uh-huh. on the announcement? I know, mean, oh, <laughs> but like just in, just in terms of just like, how are you feeling right now? Like as a fan, like I got feelings. There was a like lot of garbage in the yeah, like hot garbage. Um, thank you, John
3: Molinaro. I've, I've been hanging on almost every tweet, every article you've published over the last couple <laughs> of days. Uh, it's been an excellent solve. Um, you know, my, my, my question to both of you is have you counted how many MB4 Deathstairs you've gotten over, over the duration or, or is it just, is there too many to count? So, or like, do, like, or do you, are you going around with binders with like little X's like fighter pilots from Michael Bradley, uh, Deathstairs that you've, uh, you've encouraged because you know mike singh isn't the first uh, managing editor at wtr that i worked under and uh you know oftentimes michael would contest stuff that we had written uh it was and and you know just to parrot what you guys are saying it was always delivered with respect um and it was always delivered it was blunt it was curt but there was always an understanding that you know it was it, that, that there was a certain standard of of interplay that would never that the line would never be crossed and it's interesting you know mikey your your question about Armus right the rogues gallery was taught like was specifically bringing up michael bradley as the one guy that was the worst equipped to play under an Armus system so it's it's just so interesting that you know he was always there to step in front and own it and i and and you know all i'm thinking about while i'm listening to you guys is how much that was missing over this last little spell and yeah. trying to parse out without getting my tinfoil hat on as to the why um you know i don't want to speculate because i'm in danger of of digging myself into a huge hole here but i am upset um you know i i may not be able to uh we may have to put a, a swear warning on this one because i don't know if i can censor myself but uh yeah, I I I don't like it. Um, I'm just dealing. I'm I'm a bit numb. I, we all knew it was coming. Uh, you know, it's it's been bandied around long enough, and 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 age. You know, no one can defeat Father Time. But God damn it! Like this this was not what I anticipated, and and I'm just so pissed
4: off. Let's, I really
3: really
5: am.
4: Let's touch on that then, quick, Jeff, because it's it's okay to to go into it. And Mm -hmm. I agree with your sentiment here. I don't think Michael Bradley started off this year with the plan that he was going to retire at the end of the season. I don't think even, you know, a tough month or two into the season, I don't think he was really contemplating retirement. Mm
0: -hmm. I
4: think the reason Michael Bradley is retiring and uh, I, again, we'll we'll likely hear from him and he could probably give us a better answer to this if he'll ever give us maybe the honest truth. But it's what's transpired at the club over the last, I guess, year at this point, maybe even longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's definitely another instance where a club legend goes out on rather unfavorable terms. Um, this one's a little bit different because he's actually yeah. going to be retiring here. So at least fans have that and fans have Saturday to, to, uh, pay their gratitude and their debt.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't think we can, we can gloss over that. You know, we have to take, we can't look for us in the mouth and, and, you know, as much as I'd like to rail about, we've got five days to say goodbye. Um, we've got five days to say goodbye. And that's a hell of a lot better than what we had previously. So, you know, it's not ideal, but it is what it is. It, you know, it, it, I can't sit here and honestly say it's not better than than the alternative because the alternative we've all had to live through with Club Legends and it was garbage. Um, this yeah. is slightly less garbage.
5: Yeah, but I think, you know, this is kind of the – and we were kind of saying this before we came on air, right? This is kind of the Michael Bradley style, right? Like this is the way – and again, John, Mike, you can probably speak to this better um, just because of your interactions with him. But like, this is just the way he would want wanted to go out. Not a lot of fuss. I mean, who wants to go through like a Derek Jeter retirement year where like 162 ball games, he's getting flowers every other game. At the end of every series, he's getting a badly drawn mural of him. Like who wants, he doesn't want to go through that. I don't want to see him go through that. Now, of course, I don't want him also going out in the worst TFC season in club history either, right? That's another thing we may have to grapple with in terms of mm. the way he's going out. And Michael, I think you make a really good point in the sense that, you know, the way things have transpired at the club in the last, we'll say year, but realistically it's probably like at least two and a half, um, mm. have not treated Michael Bradley very well, right? Like this is a guy who... When he resigned, took a pay cut with the understanding that the club would be using that money to make the club better, to push the club in a direction that would still make it a contender in MLS, and that has not happened. Right? He made that he made that choice, and, mm-hmm. and that's not happened. And, and I'm sure that's not the only reason money is not the thing that's driving him from that perspective. But you know, there, there's got to be some feelings of. If not broken promises, if you don't want to use that term, then at least the standard at which he helped and and so many others during that golden era helped to define as Toronto FC went by the wayside. not even a bit, a lot and and off the cliff. Yeah. And I think that that's got to ruffle his flesh with a bit. John, I'd love to get your thoughts on that. Cause I feel like that, that for a, a man like him, for a player like him, for a leader like him, that would just ruffle your feathers too much.
0: Sure. Yeah. I mean, I think the point here is that, you know, if this were five years ago, if he was 31 or 32, then, you know, he would do, you know, he would be re-upping, right? He'd be here because he'd want to sort of fight to get this team back on track. He would not want it to end, walk away the way he's doing on the back of three list seasons. But, you know, I think people have to realize this is not the, like, I think people are stuck in the glory sort of years mode of, like, yeah. thinking that this is, well, what do we got to do to get back, TFC back to mm-hmm. 2016? Those days Very are good long good such a good point, point John. And Michael has said it himself. He says, "Look, if if you're waiting for a return of that era when you know we you know beat some beat everyone with swashbuckling football and we were the envy of MLS, you'll be waiting forever because it's not going to happen." He, and he kept saying, "We have to find another way to do it." Hmm. I think you know, at, at his age and just the, you know, he, he's just had enough, right? I mean, God love him. I mean, he's put his heart and soul into this team, and he spilled his guts out on the pitch every time he's played. I don't blame him for being tired. <laughs> I don't blame him for just saying, "Look, I've had enough. I can't do it anymore." And you know, given what happened, you know, with his father, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bob, earlier this year, given uh, you know what's happened, you know, behind the scenes, uh, I don't blame him in the least for for wanting to walk away. And and let's not let's be clear too. I mean, he's leaving significant money on the table. Maybe, yeah. not, significant, maybe not significant to him, but it's certainly significant to you and I. Or <laughs> We're not in his price bracket, but, and not that he's ever been driven by money and that's never been his motivation. We get that, but, you know, he has the, he has the option of coming back next year. He has the option of earning more than, you know, half a million dollars, giving this one final shot, you know, to go out, you know, in a proper way. And he said, look, no, I, you know, I've had enough and you have to respect his decision for that. You know, might not like the circumstances in which it's happening. And I think, you know, a lot of people don't. But it is what it is. And I think he's – look, if nothing else, he's earned the rest. He's earned the right to to call yes. a shot and say – Yes, like, without question. Point. So I get that everyone's upset and maybe feeling a little, uh, you know, sad about this, which is, you know, perfectly understandable. But at the end of the day, it's Michael Bradley's call. And if he's, like, had enough, then you've got to respect that.
3: It's the Seinfeld how- ending. I mean, you're going out on top. Seinfeld could have been renewed for another 100 I- years. And they didn't they went out on top uh, history and his legacy I hope it's more than a paragraph of ink that is spilled on I'll call it a boss move because the word escapes me but like refusing a club option year is kind of a boss move and uh, mm-hmm. I would I, I, I would like to see it reflected as more than a knee-jerk reaction from the man I, I think it's a statement and and I'm not quite sure what that statement is. Um, it's going to take me a while to, or maybe never to figure it out. But I do think it's important uh, uh,
4: to to add to the record, 100%. I, I think we need to emphasize that a little bit too. Um, Mike, you touched on it. John, I think you touched on it too. Throughout his career, he always did what's best for the club and left money on the table. Mm-hmm. And like we've seen... You know, some athletes around Toronto do that, like maybe a Jason Spets or a Jor Thornton, like NHL Leafs. But these guys were at the end of their careers. Mm-hmm. Michael Bradley did this in 2019, right? Yeah. When he was out of contract, um, funny enough, if TFC, I believe, had won that MLS Cup final against Seattle, it yeah, would have activated league, yeah. Triggered yeah. A, a deal which would have made him a designated player for an extra year, but... Which, by the way, at that time, absolutely warranted a designated player deal. At yeah, the he would have a second cup. We'd have a second star on this badge. Sorry, wrong. Absolutely, Bronco. absolutely. Um, so it ended up being his his max tam deal, which he decided to sign because it would free up a DP spot for the team, and he left money on the table. As we learned this year, he did essentially the same thing where he went to the club and decided to, I guess, restructure his contract so that he made less money but had the player option for next season. You know, it, it's incredibly incredibly rare, I think, just in life to have a person willing to do that and be mm-hmm. so selfless and always put the club first. Um, I think that's something we just, again, just have to really appreciate what we had. I mean, Michael Bradley, again, by every legend. mean of the word. By just- every
3: metric, legend. Like, yeah it's yeah. unbelievable Did yeah everything and I think for the badge
5: yeah and I think that's the sentiment that a lot of people after this announcement was made yesterday you know on social media you know just in in messages I'm getting from people like the the recognition of somebody who came to this city and wholly invested in it. Mm -hmm. And not just in a sense of like lip service, like, Hey, I love Toronto. It's a great place. Like we've had a lot of athletes come here and do that in various different organizations in this very organization. Mm -hmm. Um, and this is somebody who literally kind of put their money where their mouth is rooted his family. They live here full time. They love it. I I hope he stays in Toronto. I don't know what the future will obviously hold for him after Saturday, Um, but, you know, this is somebody who really put Toronto in a lot of ways on Mm. his back and more than just winning trophies and on the pitch and stuff like that. He put it in, he he walked it, you know, he lived Mm. it. And I think that's why fans have become so attached to him, even in years where you're like, ah, not, not the same guy. Like, you know, obviously he's getting older. Obviously the pace isn't there. Obviously, and yes, obviously a lot of people think he maybe he shouldn't start 90 minutes every single match. You know, that's a comment I think we've had for the last running commentary we've had really since the end of the pandemic, um, or mm-hmm. at least, you know, coming out of the pandemic season. But even then, I, I, I think you would struggle to find a wide swath of TFC fans out there that would be like, no, I don't want Michael Bradley on this team anymore. No, I don't want him being the captain anymore. No, I don't want him representing our club. And that is now in professional sports and in professional football, especially so rare. You don't so rare. find those guys in football anymore. Right? Like you, you, you know, you're, you're talking. And again, I, I, I don't want to, this is a celebration of a club captain that's been here for a decade, but you're talking about somebody like, you know, you're bringing in club captains from other clubs that have, you know, spent a lot of time there, right? And done great things. And they were supposed to bring those leadership skills here. And for whatever reason, it hasn't worked out. Right. And and for and there's a lot of ways that Michael Bradley's tenure here could not have worked out. Right. There's a there's a lot, there's a scenario where 2014 goes really badly, Jermaine Defoe leaves, he gets these promises from Tim Liewicky. Uh, and, and Tim Bezbachenko, and he's like, you know what, MLS was great, I still have a chance to go back to Italy or to Germany, and I'm going to try myself again and try to go back to Champions League and, and try to, to try to get to that star again. Um, but, you know, funny enough, going back to the day that he's announced to the club, we were all in the upper sort of deck of real sports Super excited, obviously. A lot of people are super excited for Jermaine Defoe. Michael Bradley comes out and he says what he says, right? Like I've never been more excited for a project in my career. And you're thinking, and and even like the the most optimistic TFC fan at the time has got to be like, you got to be kidding me, right? Have you actually watched <laughs> this team play? Are you sure? Yep. Like, are you just saying that? And I think there there was a, there was a little bit of a sentiment around that, and then people got to see it, and I think the thing that cemented it for me was the, the home opener. I believe it was against Chicago. Might've been DC. Um, was where, it Seattle? No, Seattle, no, Seattle was, was the, the first game was of the season. Of the season. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it was a yeah, season yeah.
3: When Defoe scored
5: like two goals and we all thought, and we all thought fantastic. like, Oh my God, this yeah. is going to be the rightest yeah. thing ever. Um, yeah. Little did we know, but yeah. uh, you know, he goes in, he goes in for a tackle and he comes out and his heads busted open. That bald gleaming heads busted open and the crowd went nuts, and I'm like, yep. "That guy's going to make it in Toronto," because the thing about the city and about the region in terms of its stars and people that they love from a sports perspective is, sure, people love Kawhi Leonard and and loved him being a superstar, but you know the guys that te- like fans really loved they you know if you're looking at the Leafs they love the Darcy Tucker. You know, mm-hmm. a Wendell Clark, guys who got down and kind of dirty, right? Like from a from a basketball sense, like you know, people really loved you know Jonas Valanciunas. Like no one in the NBA is thinking, "I love Jonas Valanciunas," except Toronto FC or sorry t- uh, Toronto Raptor fans who would take him back in a minute. Like you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. those kind of guys. Those kind of grit guys are what people love. Like people still love Munina- Muninori Kawasaki for the Jays and still talk about, you know, like Aaron Long. Like these are superstar players. Yeah, but guys who, who came here mm-hmm. and made a name for themselves and through yep. their play became popular. And that's what Michael Bradley did. And that's why I think you're now, we're having a whole show about him, why people are wanting to do tributes to him, why, you know... Saturday, I think, is going to be so important for so many people because it will be somewhat cathartic uh, for them to to be able to say goodbye, to be able to try to put a bow on this horrible season, at least by saying, like, we know this has all been bad and maybe the club has done you wrong in some ways, but we the people, we the people Mm -hmm. love you and we the people will make sure that you go down as a legend.
0: I was gonna say you bring uh, up... oh go ahead, go ahead, Jeff. No, 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 I'm gonna go forever. So so you go ahead. Okay. No, I was just gonna say you bring up a good point because when you think about it, like how did Javinko leave? How did Victor Vasquez mm-hmm. leave? How did Josie Altador leave? How did Greg Vanny leave? There was mm-hmm. no sort of proper sort of send-off, right? There was no chance for the fans to have that feeling of catharsis and to sort of give that public display of of warmth and love and appreciation and that's what i think saturday is going to be bradley is mm-hmm. believe me he's going to hate it because he hates being <laughs> this, he, hates, he hates this kind of thing i mean after the philadelphia game in august i spoke to him uh because the previous game he earned his 300th cap and i wanted to ask him about that and he would have nothing of it he's just like john i appreciate you got to ask me about it but all I want to talk about is the game tonight. I don't want to talk about myself, so I can just imagine how he's going to feel on Saturday. But it is important, just given the history of this club, that it hasn't always ended things on the best of terms with players or coaches, and that they haven't been able to get a proper send off. I think it's quite fitting that Bradley is going to break that mold, and that you know fans mm-hmm. can actually have you know a chance to say a proper goodbye to him, much like they did, I guess, with Justin Morrow. But you know. I would suggest humbly and respectfully that Bradley's on a higher level. So yeah. it's going to be quite something. Outside. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you've got Mike excited that Brad, that Michael's going to jump into the crowd and give him uh, purple nurples just like Justin Morrow did on his, uh, on his oh, last yeah, Right. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's going to happen. Um, you know, Toronto's a weird city. It's, it's, it's an interesting vibe and Michael got it right away and he got it in a, in a profound, way that real heads understood real torontonians understood he got he nailed the vibe and you know for a city that is constantly comparing ourselves to what we aren't or what we you know does it feel like new york or is are we cool enough to have somebody with that pedigree to have somebody with that kind of we saw the best parts of ourselves in him and that relationship was so profound you know like when the shit was hitting the fan with the with identity politics in the united states you know mb4 was coming out like a like a proper canadian a measured uh, uh, intellectual approach to the goings on it was they just don't make them like him, like i you know it it there will never be another Michael Bradley at TFC. And one is history. He'll whoever comes next is going to be compared against the unachievable goal of revisionist history and and, and the god complex that we've instilled, you know, once we once we uh, uh deify Michael, which we've probably done already. But he got this town uh in a way that that was just unconscious. And I think that that's maybe my favorite thing about him is it's it's rare. It's it's so rare for a high-priced athlete to come to your your town and just nail the vibe perfectly. And it it felt like, it felt like a you know it felt like fate. It really did. It's it's
5: it's a beautiful thing. Can I share a story, um, please? So after the twenty sixteen final, right? We've got Dunlop
3: loses. in, and he's only in for ten minutes. He's, yeah, uh, yeah, bring him yeah, in. Yeah, the...
5: Sorry, I'll share okay. the story afterwards. We'll yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh wow, What's we're going right? five.
3: This is this is tiny. Yeah, we got our tiny little, little windows. This is great. Yeah, yeah, sorry for welcome making it to the show, Brendan Dunlop.
5: How What's you doing, up, buddy? No,
3: no, we love it. We love it. It's chaos. Bring it. Bring it.
1: Oh, well, I'm doing good. I enjoyed the uh, the career eulogy there and your uh, your tales of, of Michael Bradley. And I, and I agree with you, Jeff. He's uh, there. Won't be another one like him.
5: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brendan, I, I'm really curious because again, like the 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 other two gentlemen here, in, in, in J-Mo and 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 J Mo and Michael, you've had an opportunity to talk to Michael Bradley in a professional setting. You've you know you've been in those press conferences before. I'm sure your your recollections will be similar to these two gentlemen, but I just want to get your sense of of scope around what Michael Bradley meant. Not just to, I think to Toronto FC. I think that's pretty obvious. Trophies in the shelf there's a star on my badge here because of him. Um, But what he kind of meant to the general kind of sports landscape in terms of, you know, a guy who really invested in Toronto.
1: I mean, when he arrived with Jermaine Defoe, right, people thought he was the extra piece. I think people took kind of took for granted that Mm -hmm. he was this American midfielder, someone who plays an unflattering position at times as a defensive midfielder. A lot of people kind of, just, just, just dismissed that in a lot of ways. You know, he'd lost a job at Roma that seemed like he had a good handle on and he'd lost it to uh, Nangalan at the time and it was, all of a sudden that was the end of it. 26 his European career is done. I think a lot of people thought that, you know, we wouldn't be talking about Michael Bradley 10 years later, let alone 10 years at one club. Um, and he came into this city and uh, treated it like it was his hometown from the beginning, fell in love with it, made it his hometown. And uh, I think that that's something that su- surprised a lot of people, but also, to see someone fall in love with, like, this place, as Jeff says, just to fall in love with your own hometown, but to fall in love with this place. It's not too many people in his position, the captain of the U.S. men's national team, you know, having grown up in American soccer the way that he did, um, I think it, it says a lot about him, the person, and it says a lot about the city, too. Um, that mm-hmm. I think a lot of, a lot of people in the city, um, you know, need to be reminded by someone else or feel very low about the city in general. And when you have someone like that come in and fall in love with it the way that they did, um, that's what made a lot of those Saturday nights, and a lot of those nights at BMO so extra special because uh, he very much made you feel like he loved being here and wanted to be here and um, obviously made it work with the contract to get a few more years at the end and, you know, to get to another MLS Cup final. From my exchanges with him, I, I remember um, because I was a desk guy, I didn't get out to training very much. I didn't get out on the scene very much. I wasn't in the press conferences uh, nearly as much as J-Mo and, and Michael Singh. I, I'd be there a couple times a year if that. And it was ahead of the MLS Cup final. And I hadn't been before that. I hadn't been tasked with the assignment, but I was going to Seattle. So I think I went up to training in two days. And uh, Michael Bradley looked at me as in like, oh, now you show up? That was the look. And I just felt like just absolutely <laughs> deserved impression. Absolutely deserved reaction. I will wait mm. my turn for whatever, however many people you think should ask questions before me, I am more than happy to wait my turn uh, for that. I, I get that. Um, and also, remarkable calves. Um, singing, and uh, J Mo, you can speak to this. Like, phenomenal. You know, on the Mount Rushmore of fantastic calves, there's Jack Relish and there's Michael Bradley.
5: And I don't know who takes the other two spots. <laughs> hmm. Love it. Well, I mean, he's got to be that fit, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, you, I think you guys have both. Also, oh, you said
3: calves. It. I thought you said caps, and I was like, what? Like hoodies? Like what? Or, they, no, or no, tubes? we're, talk, we're go go talking out? about those
5: legs, baby. We're yeah, yeah. You could cut. You could cut diamonds off those calves. Those are. Those are. Well, those I mean, like, like he's like the fittest. Skinners. He's a robot, right? Like he's the fittest human being. I, like there's obviously, I think the three of you and and we've also heard the tales of just how fit he is and like the and it speaks again to things we've talked about right his professionalism the way that he takes care of himself um on the pitch but i mean yeah i mean it's funny i i'm so i'll share two stories really quick um about michael bradley so one after the 2016 final i'm at young subway station i'm heading to work and we're going on a northbound train and michael bradley's just standing there waiting to get on the train and I'm like, what is happening? What is my life right now? Why is Michael Bradley getting on the northbound train at like eight in the morning? Um, and you can see people. This is this is like the Tuesday after the final. So you could see people kind of like, oh, I think I know that guy. I, like, there's some people <laughs> who are like, I, I think I know that guy, but I don't know that guy. And it's me and some other young cat who know who he is. And we get on the train and. And like, I don't want to like blow up his spot. I don't want to like get up in his face and and stuff. He's getting on the train in the morning, but this kid is like so nervous to go up and talk to him and ask him for a selfie. So I like kind of go up to the kid. I tap him I say, go get a selfie with him. And like, he goes over and of course he's Michael Bradley's super nice. He does the selfie. And I'm like, all right, if this kid goes, I got to go. So I go up. I finally go (laughs) to ask for a selfie. I got to get off. I got to get off at St. Clair station St. Clair station arrives and I he's just we're just chatting a little bit and then I'm like I have to make the decision do I get off at St. Clair station or do I just miss my stop be late for work and I take the picture and I just have the chat with him and of course I'm late for work I take two extra stops I go north we take the picture it's great. damn right I'll share, I'll share it on Twitter again I think I still have it mm-hmm. the second story I'll share is as a TFC2 game last year speaking of your calf story Dunlop I, he I'm there Bob Bradley's sitting in front of me and then michael comes up with Luca um to to watch a tfc2 game and he, again we we know how fit he is but I could not believe there there is not an ounce of fat on this man like it, it was it, I was intimidated I'm like me and my roles were just sitting there like what am I doing here right now I can't I can't be here and he <laughs> and he just you know we just shot the shit for for a couple minutes and then i was like all right i need to go you are making me feeling adequate as a human yeah so i gotta go do options. sit-ups like, for oh, the next yeah, three exactly. days yeah yeah, yeah. exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly
3: um do you think do you think he's gonna stay fit or do you think that now that he's hung up the boots and he's not eating boiled chicken anymore he's going to expand like fat ronaldo immediately because uh i don't i i don't know if i can handle fat michael bradley so ronaldo had a thyroid problem okay Okay, fine. I'll choose a better example next time. But you, you have to admit that when you get out of being in training 24-7 eating boiled chicken, and rice for every meal, th- bad things can happen to your physique and metabolism. So
1: Fat Michael Bradley yeah. already sounds like a parody. It doesn't sound even probable. <laughs>
3: <laughs> no i i, I don't want to see it i don't want to see it. Would that it go on the that gif is my favorite tfc gif ever he's never had popcorn in his entire life he he's he's miming it so badly like he's not he's not winning an oscar for that performance like it's just like the revulsion there's like an instant of revulsion when it gets close enough that he can smell the the butter and then it's just gone it's just gone like he was the wrong person to choose for that gif. He's,
5: like he strikes gaming.
1: me as the type of guy that you know will allow himself a couple of good meals. Like uh, JMO, maybe he'll now allow, mm. allow you to cook for him. He'll have a, a big pasta meal, uh, but then for the yeah, next three basil. days, he's gonna he's gonna intermittent fast and he's going to take it quite easy. Richard, Here's Richard thing.
3: makes a great point. His dad is crazy fit, yeah, so maybe there's no there's no there's no such thing as a as a fat Bradley. No, Long I can't where does battery. it fit
5: on those bones you look at that frame it's like it's not possible mike here's a question <laughs> for you you're a foodie you like going to restaurants you know hot spots to go eat if you're going with michael bradley he's now retired he's got time in the city where are you taking him oh Ooh. man <laughs> you're putting me
4: on the spot there man if i uh,
1: you're, you're going to soto soto bro or one of jake's plates right. <laughs> yeah you're going to soto soto
4: <laughs> Yeah, i'm yeah, gonna yeah, set up sort of, just for me man come on a chance <laughs> yeah because oh, yeah, you're living that life right
3: <laughs> i'm taking him to sumo licious which is which is the guy from schwartz's that started a restaurant in toronto we're getting smoked meat we're gonna be in a food coma for for
4: a good 12 hours because
3: uh no, i got it's quite a distance away
4: i gotta shout out this low-key spot that i was actually at the other day uh i'm sure people have heard of it compa oh um, i love that place. Oh, J-Mo, j a fan. Taco place. It's kind of like <laughs> a hole in the wall kind of place in downtown Toronto. Delicious. Mm. Absolutely. So maybe nice. me and him can go there and crush a, cup, crush a couple tacos. Again,
5: Sounds great. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to envision Michael Bradley putting in a barbacoa, like fully (laughs) loaded i I can't i can't i I think he eats chocolate bars with a knife and
3: fork george costanza style just like (laughs) i'm gonna nurse this one and then 30 minutes later he's on his last bite
4: of snickers i heard a rumor a little while back that he doesn't drink at all i don't know if anyone has ever seen him Uh, that does not
5: surprise me at all but i heard that doesn't doesn't, surprise me
4: at all doesn't drink at all
1: sometimes it looks like he's not drinking water
3: <laughs> Honestly. No just go, go squeeze. That. He runs. Exclude his body is made up
5: of ninety percent go, go squeeze at this point, and and uh, we're all the better for it. Kidding me? Can PL would be all over that if the you know as go, go squeeze is a <the> sponsor <laughs> of <laughs> the CPL? Um, uh, Brendan, just a, a quick one for you. Um, yes, please. Obviously, with with now this is coming down. How do you think? Obviously, okay. So Toronto fans, T. S. T. S. fans are definitely going to sh- show him love and give him all the flowers on Saturday. Yeah. But at the end of the day, we were sort of talking about the nature of him leaving and how that is sort of playing out right now. How are you feeling about this? Because it's like five days notice going into his final game. <clears throat> you know, like how do, how does that sit with you in terms of just the way this is all coming about? It does feel
1: sad, to be honest, because the, the whole year, this whole year was a disaster. And the, like one thing after another, from them losing to start the season, to losing Insigne, to them to, uh, you know, visibly disliking each other, the stories that come out around what's going on with the team, then Bradley having to live in London for half the season and get placenta treatment or whatever it was that was, he was alternative treatment to try and heal his injury. And, um, you know, what, and... Uh, it's it's just sad to see that you know this does seem kind of like a, a natural end point where this this team is going through a major rebuild a brand new era under uh under a new manager that's going to put his own stamp on the team and and that uh, both leadership uh and in the middle of the pitch are two very important parts mm-hmm. of what will be Herdman's new start and sadly Michael Bradley doesn't fit into that anymore and um you know if if Bob was still around I think there's a there's another role that's a diminished role that works for Michael Bradley, but I, I don't see that, you know, having been the possibility um, with under John Herdman, and maybe it just took them both some time to kind of figure that out. Um, I do feel as though, you know, um, John Herdman didn't come in thinking, oh, Mike's not for me, let's let that contract run out, it's done. I generally think mm-hmm. he wanted to be around him, speak to him, see what he thought, um, go back and forth, kind of negotiate what works best for you. And in the end, I think, you know, Michael looks at this situation and goes, what's best for me is to be home with my family. And, uh, you know, Herman yeah. said uh, very pointedly, he's very happy to be done with the the politics of the national team program. And to be honest, I bet you Michael Bradley feels the same thing about TFC.
3: Yeah,
1: yeah.
5: Question it it for... feels
3: like such a – oh, sorry. I, I'll
5: no, 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 no it's fine. okay. Just question for No, another. no, honestly. Yeah, a question for you. Just And, in, in John, I'll start with you just in terms of do you think Michael Bradley – stays with the club in a different capacity? Or do you think this is kind of it with the relationship?
0: I I get the sense that this is probably going to be it for the relationship. I mean, I think we'd be having a different discussion if his father was still around. Like if his, you know, say everything went well with the TFC this year and his dad was going to coach this year, then I think there's a very distinct possibility. I think there's, I mean, from what I'm hearing, I think there's some bad feelings there about, how things would happen with Bob and not to the point where it soured, you know, Michael to the point he wants to wash his hands, you know, completely the organization. I don't think he's ever going to do that, but I can see him being a little sort of cheesed off about it and moved on. And look at the same time. I mean, you know, while he was in London, he was getting his coaching badges too. Right. So, I mean, I think he was preparing for this. I mean, I don't think this was Mm. a decision that was made just last week. I think he was sort of hedging his badges, heading, his bets a bit, and you know the fact that he got his sort of coaching badges earlier this year was an indication that you know that this was going to happen. And so I think he has ambitions to stay involved in the game in coaching, and I don't think he's going to be coaching at TFC two or you know in MLS Next Pro or the USL or the CPL. I think starts he starts with higher... an S. Yeah, I think with he has...
3: back Yeah,
0: <laughs> he has higher ambitions than that. So yeah, mm-hmm. I I suspect that he's going to move on, uh, which is sad because you'd like to see him sort of retain some sort of position with the club, but I guess we'll find out when he speaks uh, to the media later this week.
3: Yeah, let's go full Brady Bunch because I don't want to leave uh Grossi <laughs> hanging here. And uh there we go. There we go. Here's a story hey. of a bunch of Bradley fans.
2: Um <laughs> there are there are way too many faces on the screen. And before we get started, I can confirm that Michael Bradley does in fact eat pizza. I had the oh, wow. pizza once before What? Uh,
3: what? Okay, I, think, I think that, was a, up, that in, was a psyop, man. That was a psyop. I think he did that just so that you would write that he eats pizza,
5: so that he could get away <laughs> with not ever eating pizza ever. Yeah, yeah. Okay, it, was, it wasn't like a cheap like pizza pizza slice from the stadium, right? Like, it, I, it wasn't like the stuff that, You know, it's got to be like the Emiranti or, or something like that.
2: The uh, All Star Game was in Chicago, and I was uh, I was
3: tasked with finding out where his pizza spot was back when he lived in Chicago, and it was a deep a place dish. That, Deep dish yeah. is no is, is no slouch, man. Like Deep
2: Dish. I think he went against the current there. I think he went regular old school slice. There's a place what called The place? Slice or something like that. Okay. I can't remember the full name, but I think it was called like the
1: Slice or
2: something something with Slice in Chicago. That was his spot when uh, when he went wow. to Chicago cool. home. Yeah. Cool. Guys, I
1: Quick mm-hmm. Chicago story, because I knew that you love Chicago Eats uh, love. And, yeah. and Chicago Pizza. Um, I was in Chicago. I worked the Gold Cup. The opening of the Gold Cup was Jamaica, USA. And uh, the crew that I was working with were people from all over. There was a lot of Latino people. Uh, there were some Europeans. And so the idea of Chicago-style pizza was this novelty, that, but they have you know, not even the same connection to pizza that we have, let alone as much of a you know, maybe perhaps an interest as much as it was a curiosity and their reaction to like, what is this pizza cake? This isn't pizza. Um, <laughs> the reaction to that was, was outstanding. So I made sure that nobody from Chicago could hear them as I was say. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they, they would have really been chased at out
5: with pitchforks, man. Nah, a lot of people try good at, good, Like, like Chicago style pizza. There's a lot. One, of okay. I gotta, yeah, I gotta okay, produce.
3: Yeah. I know, I know Dunny was only going to stay for, for 10 minutes and we're over that limit. So I'm not kicking you out because I. This window is amazing. I'm seeing like a little version of myself, which is agreeable to me. Um, <laughs> do you wanna? Do you wanna regale us with with what you'll? What is your per, your biggest memory of Michael Brad? Can? Are you even prepared to go there yet? I mean, we're all yeah, yeah. so yeah no, drunk. I'm yeah.
1: prepared to go there. And to be honest, I think I kind of this was like cemented for me, and there was nothing that he could do to ever kind of move off of this. But I was at um, Olympic Stadium that night that uh, they were getting uh, wiped the turf with by the impact. And uh, he turned around and looked at everybody and was like, this is not us. Like, we're not going down to these losers on this horrible field. Like, let's go and get something out of this. And I just felt like that was a, you know, that term generalissimo gets thrown around a lot, especially with anyone who can speak Italian or has played over there. Um, But that to me, that that's, that was, it was undeniable that that's what that was. And that came from him. And then to see you know how it turned out for TFC in that in the second leg of that Eastern Conference final against Montreal, um, I'll i kind of never for, forget those moments. So I will always see him in that shirt with the charcoal sleeves and uh, mm-hmm. and yeah,
3: leading yeah. them to the, their first final. He wore um, the two shirts that are way too tight for anybody else better than any TFC player ever. Like the the 2013, the yeah the the Onyx that I love that every TFC player can't stand and then yeah. the other one the the home kit with the i mean the bonetta clip that i that i clipped he wears the hell out of that kit because he's got zero percent body fat so yeah i mean the guy's a close horse he could he could you know follow mcnaughton into into male modeling if you want <laughs> <laughs> great job oh, man grassy now that we've got you here uh let, let's open the floor you have the conch let's uh let's hear your favorite uh michael Bradley story my favorite Bradley.
2: There's a lot of them, man. They've all. He's been such a such a a strong and ever present presence over my whole time covering this team in the last decade. So, you know, I I go back to one of my earliest encounters, and that was, you know, I was I was a young cub reporter heading up to the the BMO training ground in Downsview Park, and I see somebody wheeling away as I'm on the bus, and, and I see Michael Bradley, and he's driving a car, and, and my thought was just, oh, good for you, Michael, driving a car like the rest of us schlubs. Doing regular human things, and um, that was that was one of the first times I saw Michael in real life, as he was mm. driving a car away from me. So that will always stick. And then there were a ton of those little quiet moments. You know, everyone's seen, you know, the driving force he was on the pitch, as Brendan mentioned in Montreal that game, the MLS cups, all that. But you know, one time I, I stumbled uh, down the halls uh, of the BMO training ground, and Michael was there with his son, just showing him around the place, and you know that's. Uh, those are the kind of moments that that uh, you know nobody writes about them, and, and you you can't share them with everybody. But they were mm-hmm. they were it was just a cool moment to see this guy who who we've seen do so much on the field just have a a, a private moment with his son. And, Hopefully, me sharing it with you guys here isn't uh, breaking that trust. But
3: uh, and then another time, uh, he's coming after He has got nothing but free time now. He's got. He's <laughs> like Machemi like, little... like with the list and lipstick, and you just went to the top of the list. You know, uh, yeah, we, he's Not even pizza had... with you, Grassi. No, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>, no more <laughs> yeah. pizza. No more pizza.
2: We, we've all had that death stare. It was sort of a, a rite of passage of being up around that place. It was uh, was enduring that whenever the question wasn't uh, to his liking. Um, yeah. But yeah, just just so many things, and. You know, I, I think another one that that I feel like I should mention is is that double decker bus tour through downtown Toronto. Yeah, yeah. You know, there were guys, there were guys, you know, hooping and hollering and, and having a wonderful time and, and making a bit of a scene. And Michael was just sort of, you know, calmly at the front of one of those buses, just surveying and taking it all in. And mm-hmm. you know, you could you could sense that that he was soaking that in. That that was something that that he he didn't want to he didn't want to pass that up because he knew how hard they had worked for that moment. And he knew how much it—it it was a reflection of what that team had accomplished, and and so uh, those are a couple. You know, that's that's the day of Josie's famous speech on the on the stage there in, in Opens every and show. It Opens does it every show. Yes, it does. It, it, it was a spectacular moment, but uh, I liked the idea of Michael just sort of calmly captaining those buses through uh, through a throng of crowds downtown and and
5: soaking that in. That was a good. Is, one for me. Isn't that funny? Even during a championship parade, still captaining. Still captaining, yeah. And, yeah. captaining the bus. And, Lovely sentiment. He, see, General. if he had captained the Raptors Championship parade, they wouldn't have been stuck there for like four hours. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't it would have been six hours
3: late. Yeah. Yes. People would have <laughs> it in the square.
5: You know, Marcus All wouldn't have just got so sloppy, you know, just it'd have been a great time.
3: I I I think Grossi's the most like when I when I pitched you coming on, you were like, I'm still coming to terms with it, but like you seem to be the most okay with this out of all of us like i am i am choking back tears my friend like honestly i'm talking mm. so little because like anything's going to going to set me off right now but i, I have you made your peace with this or are you still no. in the process of me making- no
2: it, it's yeah. mostly just because i'm dead inside but i'm i'm, I'm <laughs> still-
1: <laughs> okay. uh, Grossi, not to cut you off buddy but i'm gonna make my peace because you know yeah I'm yeah, the- go I ahead and
5: thank you guys. Guys. thank you for the time brendan really but I appreciate it yeah yeah
1: anytime guys Talk Cheers, to
0: you. Buddy. Cheers! Cheers. I think it's because Grossi, alongside me, I think we're the all-time leader in terms of death stares from Michael Bradley. If I'm not, mistaken. you gotta be,
3: you have to be, yeah. and I would be curious which one of you wins, but you don't keep tabs, so.
0: No, I think I think Grossi may edge me. Although I don't know, it's pretty close. Wow. Think, although, it's, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I had to run. run. It's been a long I want to be honest. So. Yeah. Uh, see, this is what
5: we got to mm-hmm. do now. We've got to get Michael Bradley in the show, and we're going to ask him that question because I bet you he's got like a. I bet you like he remembers. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's got, got a ledger somewhere. He's got. He's got a <laughs> ledger. He knows. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He knows. I
3: I, yes. I don't I don't know what else to say, guys. I mean, I I've enjoyed I've enjoyed this therapy. I still feel like shit. I, I don't know if that if <laughs> I mean it's not no, a reflection on you know, no, any think... of your.
5: Yeah, Yeah, I don't think you've said anything that that Toronto FC fans aren't feeling, Jeff. And if I could share Mm. sort of just two things. Um, There are a few comments uh, from Twitter. Uh, We did put out a a post just before the show. This has been put together sort of a a little bit last minute um, in terms of the show. But we we did ask some fans to just write something, what you'd want to say to Michael Bradley um, pending his retirement. So I do have a few of these to read out before um, we wrap up the show. But I do want to – I don't want to – underplay and i don't think we have but i don't want to underplay how important it was to watch him lift all those trophies as a fan um for somebody who's been around and a lot of you who are watching and listening to us whether you're watching us live right now or listening uh, days later on the podcast version have been with this club since 2007 maybe even before that you know when they made the announcement and you put down your 20 bucks for season tickets as a deposit up until Michael Bradley lifted really the Eastern conference championship trophy in 2016, there has always been this sense of, I don't know if this club will ever figure it out. Mm. And, and, and James and JMO, you will know this feeling as well as in your reporting. I have read your reporting, both of you for years. I have sensed it in your work at times. Um, but as a fan, seeing him lift those trophies, and especially then seeing him lift the 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 MLS Cup in in 2017, I don't think he'll understand the amount of joy he brought people. Like I don't I don't know if he and Seba and Josie and Drew Moore and all mm. those guys on that team will really fully understand the moment of that how important it was Mm -hmm. for them obviously as professionals it's it's a goal they want to lift trophies they wanted to be the best at what they do every day but from a fan perspective it it made all of the crap that we had dealt with up until that point worth it yep if that makes sense right and i think we in that moment lived that beautiful dream that we all seen in Europe, where where clubs are crap forever, and then they win a championship, and you get that moment, like we got to live that moment in 2017, and mm-hmm. we almost got, we almost got ecstasy in, in Guadalajara, right? We were just, we were literally a Marquis Delgado sitter away. I know it was our chance. <laughs> come on. I still am not over. It. I'm not over it, but I am oh. over it. But I'm not over it. But I, that's the thing that if I could say to Michael Bradley, if I could express to him in some way. That's the thing. It is that you brought people in this city who love this game, who wanted to see their hometown club do something special. So much joy. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if there's enough words to ever... To, there to isn't. Ever, There isn't. Other than to say thank you. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because like that that... There other people win cups here, uh, I think. We'll win another MLS oh. Cup at some point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it won't. It it, it 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 will be great. It won't be that. And I can't thank him enough.
4: I'll, you, you, I'll you add to that. Not, quick, always, mm-hmm. quick, Mike. Just like you're saying, like, specifically Toronto City fans of what it meant there. Man, the city of Toronto at that time was so trophy-starved and so... St- even just yeah. success starved, right? The last major trophy, no offense to the Argos, no offense to the Toronto Rock, but the last major trophy in Toronto was the 92-93 World Series. And if you think back to the summer of 2015 with the Blue Jays and how electric that atmosphere was because it was the first time they made it back to the postseason in, what, like 20 years? That's how like trophy starved Toronto was. There was something special mm. about a team that was starting to find success in this city, a major, you know, a major league team that was starting to find success in this city and Toronto FC did it before, you know, the, the Leafs could once again, they still, you know, are hoping to find and crack through. Hopefully it's this year. Uh, they did it before the Raptors did in 2019 and they did it before the Jays did it again uh, before 93. So like that moment meant so much to yes, of course, Toronto FC fans who, for sure, it's probably more special to them. But the city of Toronto as a whole—that they embraced Toronto FC because of the success that they had, especially in going back-to-back years, reaching the final, so that they can just build on you know the momentum, the overall story, the overall narrative of just waiting until. Less you know less about Brad, more so about the team. But when Josie Altador mm-hmm. scored that goal finally in 2017, that was years and years and years in the making. And, you know, I, I remember, you know, reading stories about Kyle Lowry being asked about Michael Bradley and Kyle Lowry saying, Oh, you know, I can't wait. And I wish that I could become like the leader that he is. Um, mm. That's just because Michael Bradley put it on for this city before really anyone else in my generation. Absolutely. So well said. Absolutely. So well said.
3: Okay. Uh,
5: if I can, um, I mm-hmm. will, I, no read for this one. It is the burning question presented by Next Door Canada here. Yeah, I it feels disingenuous
3: read. to throw the to throw yeah, the title up. Yeah, and exactly. Yeah, yeah.
5: We won't do that on um, this show. But I do want to read a couple of these um, from listeners who just wanted to say something to Michael Bradley um, before we wrap up the show. Um Ravi just writes in and says, Thank you for giving us everything you had day in and day out. You were always a rock for us and our voice of reason, especially during those dark days. That's from Ravi. Arnold, uh listener to the of show, uh, a little tongue-in-cheek. Uh practice penalties more, please. It's amazing how no fans really cultivated <laughs> <laughs> over uh some of these misses. Um mm. Uh, seriously, though, uh, one, what was T- TFC's most complete game? Uh, does he really understand how beloved he is with the supporters? Um, and, and then Turt's just writing in, thank you for turning our team around and giving the team a winning mentality. Thank you for the trophies and making our city your home. Thank you for being our captain. And sorry for the slander from the fan base uh, mm-hmm. on your family name. Um yeah, I, I think there's a lot of these sentiments out there right now, um, and it's not just directed to us. It's it's been all over the place. I've seen in the last 24 hours. Um, before we wrap up, uh, maybe again, JMO um, and, and James, I'll, I'll just come to you guys. Just any Please. last thoughts um, on on sort of his legacy here, and and obviously what Saturday is going to mean for you, because I assume you both will be in the building.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, look, I don't, it's hardly original thought, but I don't think there's any question that he's, you know, the most influential and important player in the history of the franchise. Not the greatest, maybe not the most popular and maybe not the most skilled, but certainly the most important. And, you know, James and I were talking to Lazar Stefanovic earlier today, and James had the chance to ask him about Michael Bradley, and he said... Lazar had started at the Academy when he was an under 10, he's 17 now. And he said, you know, throughout the Academy, they hold up, you know, players as as examples, as top pros to sort of, you know, model yourself after. And he said, you know, Michael Bradley was the one that they continuously presented to to the Academy kids to pattern yourself after. And I think that says it all. I mean, his influence at this club, it sort of reached every nook and cranny from the top down from, you know, management level to, you know, to starting out. And, you know, players who have coming up through that academy system for years to come have had the example of, of Michael Bradley to to sort of aspire to. And so I think his influence is going to continue on at this club for a very long time. So uh, even though, you know, Saturday's is his last game, um, you know, his fingerprints will remain on this club for a very long time. And as I wrote something today, I mean, whenever MLSC decides to, sort of commission trophies to go up outside of Bemo field I mean his is going to be the first one erected before Sebas, before Josie's before anyone's else because his 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 sort of record of influence was just immense
3: I'm putting yeah. it out here I think his statue should be him out front of on the pitch at the training ground like in the center circle just giving mm-hmm. a death stare 360 and you can move it. <laughs> to whoever isn't, isn't cutting, isn't, isn't doing well, or just like a, like on, on a spider cam, just like a Michael Bradley hologram, just like, no, bad. Because I I'm worried about the state of this club when, when he's not there anymore. I'm worried about the standards. I did not mean to cut you off grassy. I really, I really want to hear what you have to say.
2: <laughs> no, no. I was, I was going to say, uh, I was going to go exactly where John went with that. I, I even have mentioning our conversation with Laz in my notes here and, you know, there hasn't been a young player that I've spoken to over the last five, six years that, that the subject of of Michael's influence and the way that Michael goes about things and, and his ethos hasn't sort of been a topic of conversation. I remember uh, speaking with Dante Campbell, who had such a good year with Valor when he was captaining TFC2 a couple of years ago. And he was talking to me about, you know, being one of the older guys on the team and and just, you know, leading from that position and, and being... a uh, a quiet sort of force in the middle of the pitch and I even I even remarked to him like you're sounding a lot like Michael Bradley right now I didn't realize that 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 sort of thing could rub off and so yeah we're we're not going to we're not going to be able to see Michael play on that pitch anymore after Saturday I'll be I'll be keeping a close eye to to watch him checking over his shoulder a thousand times a minute for the last time because that's one of my favorite things to do when I when I watch Michael play <laughs> Uh, Mm Um, but I think we're going to see that influence in a lot of ways, not just those young guys that I was talking about, but seeing the way that Oso has stepped up in the last couple of years and become that, that vocal leader that comes out and faces the media and takes those hard questions and gives those insightful answers. I think that's Michael's influence too. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, the, the general might be, might be leaving, but his, uh, his influence will, will still be here for a while still, I think.
5: Awesome 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 uh jpn uh mike we got a show on monday so i think we can sort of give some additional final thoughts uh on On monday yeah i don't want to i don't want
3: to steal we we're lucky to
5: have these guests i mean absolutely
3: you want to you want to talk about michael's influence on the club you can't have better guests than these two gentlemen um
5: absolutely i hope you know
3: i'm speaking to our audience now i i hope we made you feel better i hope we we you know over this this hour uh, we we enjoyed reminiscing I hope to see you all there on Saturday I, I know it's terrible for my schedule there's a band that I'm desperate to see that I have to hit at 8pm but I'm, I'm still going to be there and, and damn it if I miss the opening act because this is way too important um, thank you uh, I think this was important I didn't want to do this I, I know you, you two know how badly I didn't want to do this but uh, I'm glad we
5: did uh, I feel a little bit less shitty Well, I'm glad, I'm glad, I'm glad you feel a little less shitty. I hope uh, TFC fans, you feel a little less shitty about it. Um, Actually, I really hope, look, Saturday, they could lose, (laughs) you know, that's a real possibility could end up with the worst uh, record in club history on that day. And of course there will be time for recriminations. We will definitely be doing it on this show, but I think there will also be, I think there also needs to be a reflection of what this captain has meant to us. Has meant to this club, um, and has meant to a lot of people uh, within that club. So it's an opportunity to celebrate that, and then come Monday, you know, we can start to sort of dissect this team um, and dissect sort of what what went wrong and uh, where it needs to go uh, for next season. But that's it for our uh, for our celebration show. Um, I really do. (laughs) Yeah, don't worry. I I really appreciate uh, John Molinaro. Uh, Brendan Dunlop and James Grossi for coming on the show gentlemen we really do appreciate your time and your so insight so appreciated um, we really appreciate it for Michael Singh for Jeffrey P. Nesker I'm Mike Newell we'll see you all next week cheers everybody let's roll this one again everybody get out the
0: and wait and wait without further ado I'd like to introduce Michael Bradley
1: I can tell you all that I have never been more excited more determined and more motivated for any challenge in my entire career. You know, for me, at this point uh, in my career, I'm excited to be back and looking forward to, you know, taking a big role in Toronto. He's
3: the one that gives the most on the field, the most competitive, and the best example
1: for a locker room.
4: Kidoki, what did you want to be when you were growing up?
3: Uh, m- might be the obvious answer, but a soccer player. Soccer player. I got that. Very effective game tonight from Michael Bradley. Sometimes it goes unnoticed, the work that he puts in.
1: I've had some of the biggest moments of my career, the biggest moments of my career at BMO Field. Our fans, my family, it's special. I've never been more proud of anything in my career.